0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Southern Spectre Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah, and as always, thanks for listening. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's another day and another week closer to Christmas. I cannot wait. There are signs in the skies, and it's time to be excited. And what I mean by that is this year, we will be able to experience what is known as the Christmas star now I am a Christian that's my background that's who I am Um, I do believe in Christ if that's not your thing that's fine you may skip over this section but I just plead with you a moment to hear me out so I got a couple of things here and I want to share with you about this Christmas star and uh, let's see here the news says uh, for the first time in nearly 800 years Jupiter and Saturn will align in the winter sky to form what is known as the Christmas star on December 21st this year. The last time this event was able to be seen was on March 4th of 1226. That's a long time people. These two planets aligned again in 1623, but sunset made it impossible to see. Every 20 years, Jupiter and Saturn meet, but on December 21st of this year, they will be 0.1 degree apart, or one-fifth of a full moon diameter. It's pretty daggum close when you're talking about as big as the universe is. Um, The planets won't be this close again until March 15th, 2080. Here's what you do. Look to the southwest after sunset on December 21st. The planets will be visible and low in the sky for nearly an hour after sunset. There's three reasons to be excited about this. And if you're a Christian and you know Christ, you'll know why. Number one, the Christmas star reminds us of the original Christmas star. Theologians, uh, maybe I said that wrong, I apologize. Theologians have speculated if uh, Jupiter, Venus, and Saturn's alignment formed the first Christmas star, two of these three planets will be on display that night. Matthew, uh, Matthew uh, 2, uh, Lord, I can't even tell. apologize. Matthew 2, verses 1 through 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Reason number two. The Christmas star reminds us of Jesus' second coming. Whether you believe or not, people, Better prepare yourself. Luke 21, 25 says this. There will be signs in sun and moon and stars. And on the earth, dismay among nations. Sound familiar? In perplexity of the sea. Let me start that over. And on the earth, dismay among nations. In perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves. This verse tells us that God would let us know that Jesus' return was near by signs in the heavens, among the sun, the moon, and the stars. We won't know the year, month, day, hour, or minute, but he will come like a thief in the night without warning. Prepare yourself, people. Number three, the Christmas star points others to Jesus. And that's what I hope to do today. Maybe I'll reach a few of you. The same way the Christmas star lit the pathway for the Magi to find our Savior, he will do the same thing for you. I know these times we live in are uncertain, and I myself am far from perfect, but I am a true believer. If you feel yourself lacking or looking for more, then send me a message on social media or a voice message. I'll be praying for each and every one of you uh, that you all have a safe and blessed Christmas and holiday season. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I know about the subject matters that I talk about on this show. And that's just things that interest me. You know, um, to say that I fully believe in these things that we talk about on here. Yes, some of the things we discuss on here were actually truly real real people. And I'm not being on here to preach. And I apologize if, you know, skip over. But um, I thought I'd take this platform to do this for a second. It is... Uh, christmas and let's not forget the reason for the season without jesus it wouldn't be happening um if you have any negativity I ask that you keep it to yourself i'm not trying to be rude but that's just you know me and if you have a differing opinion you can uh, start your own podcast so uh, there uh but anyway now i'm a, a you know like i said i just i just hope this reaches you and i hope it touches your heart Merry Christmas, everybody. I thank each and every one of you. Now, on to the show. Once just an ordinary boy, just like any other normal little boy. His parents hoped and prayed for great things in the young boy's life, just like most parents wish and pray for the best for their children's lives. He was a generous and kind, even from an early age. He would go down and help those people in need in the local village. He shared his meals and food with those that had none. The young man would soon join the local church as he felt it was his calling and he was called to help the people in need. As he grew older, he noticed he shared a special bond with people, especially the children he encountered. He would soon don a long red robe and red hat and traveled everywhere he went on horseback. The children could spot him from quite a distance due to the color of his clothing. Since joining the church, they had appointed him a bishop and due to his still young age, people began to refer to him as the boy bishop. In one village he made frequent visits to, he had heard of a poor older gentleman with three young daughters. The man was struggling to feed his daughters and he knew before long that he would have to send them away to be cared for. The boy bishop knew he must help any way possible. One night, the boy snuck up to the small house where the old man and his daughters lived. He made his way onto the roof and dropped three bags of gold down the chimney. Earlier that day, the sisters had hung their stockings by the fire to dry, and when they awoke the following morning, they discovered a bag of gold in each stocking they ran and told their father they then ran and told their father of this wondrous magical gift that had been delivered during the night soon word spread of the miracle that had been received in the stockings and before long the entire village had ran to hang up their own stockings in hopes of their own miracle The boy bishop continued to deliver these gifts and to perform good deeds throughout his travels and his life until one day he achieved sainthood. He would be known as the saint who takes care of all the children. Of course, by now you know where this is going. The young man in our story would soon become known as Saint Nicholas. His parents had named him Nicholas as it means hero of the people. December 6th was named Saint Nicholas Day and everyone would celebrate all his good deeds. They hung their stockings by the fire the night before only to wake to find them filled with nuts, candy, toys or fruit. Many many years ago people started to celebrate Saint Nicholas Day on Christmas Day. Saint Nicholas has many names around the globe. Saint Nicholas or Claus but most simply know him as Santa Claus. Believed to have originated in Germany and believed to be the devilish companion to Santa Claus, we have Krampus staring back down the opposite end of the spectrum. The word Krampus derives from the German word Krampen, which means claw, and the legend dates back to pre-Germanic paganism in the area. Krampus is a popular European legend that tells the tale of a half goat, half demon monster that punishes the children for their misbehavior. If Saint Nicholas rewards good children, then Krampus punishes the wicked children. Legend says he is the son of the Norse god of the underworld, hell. Over the years, the Catholic Church has exhausted their efforts to ban Krampus with being associated with Christmas. In the aftermath of the 1932 election in Austria, the Krampus tradition was banned by the Christian Social Party. Later, in the 1950s, the government handed out pamphlets entitled Krampus is an Evil Man. Legend says that on the evening of December 5th, known as Krampus Night, or Krampus Night, St. Nicholas leaves the children's presents and goodies while Krampus beats the tarnation out of these naughty kids with branches and sticks. Ouch. In some instances, he's said to have eaten the children or even dragged them back to hell with him. So on the morning of December 6th, those children that have received gifts from St. Nicholas are enjoying their presence. The naughty children are at home nursing their wounds. The creature Krampus is described as having a mangled, deranged-looking face with bloodshot eyes sitting atop a furry black body with giant horns that curl up from the top of his head and cloven hooves where his feet should be. The Krampus tradition started to see a resurgence at the end of the century and continues even today. Some local artists are even known for carving wooden masks. Young men dressed like the menacing creature in festivals held in Germany, dashing through the streets, ringing cowbells, chasing children and adults alike, poking their victims with sticks and scaring the bejesus out of most of them. These festivals known as Klauboff or Krampusloff or Krampus Run has had a recent uptick. In 2019, there were reports of drunken disorderly conduct by masked Krampuses running amok in Austrian towns. Krampus has reached pop culture status with these festivals, his own comic book and a movie. So be sure to be on your best behavior. You never know who may be paying you a visit this year. After all, It is 2020, and the year's not over. Not yet. Next, we'll turn our focus to Lake Lanier, located in Georgia. Lake Lanier came to be 1956 when the Corps of Engineers completed Buford Dam on the Chattahoochee River. The Corps built the lake to manage navigation and flood control of the Chattahoochee River, provide hydroelectricity, and supply water for the city of Atlanta. Located in North Georgia, just 60 miles from Atlanta, the more than 600 miles of shoreline borders five counties, making Lake Lanier the largest lake in the state of Georgia. The creation of Lake Lanier was plagued with problems from the beginning. Before the land was buried in water, it was lush and fertile, with rabbits and squirrels scampering around. The government offered locals money for their farmland. Most of it had been in families for generations, making it almost impossible to put a price tag on it. At first, the government assured landowners that they were being paid for the true value of the land and buildings, but residents found it hard to price generations of memories, hard work, and deep roots. A host of emotions accompanied the talk of relocation, anger, resentment, fear, anxiety, bewilderment, and apprehension. To them, their land was priceless. Some families later regretted their decision once they realized they couldn't survive on what the government offered. To prepare the land to be filled with water, the Army Corps of Engineers demolished or moved anything that they considered dangerous. They uprooted trees, barns, wooden structures that could float, and endanger watercraft were removed. Major infrastructure such as bridges and water intakes were relocated. But the community had a cemetery. While the Corps identified and moved marked graves, it's likely that some unmarked ones were inadvertently left behind. While the Corps made every effort at the time to locate unmarked burials, the limited capabilities of the time make it probable that unanticipated finds of human remains are possible, whether from the antebellum and Civil War periods or of Native American origin from pre-colonial and ancient times. An old auto racing track near Gainesville was also left behind. It remains at the lake bottom, although the core removed its bleachers so they wouldn't float to the surface. Some people have claimed to hear church bells from a sunken church, but some say that's not possible. Over the decades, when the lake's water levels dropped during drought, submerged roads, tire parts, and other artifacts have been exposed. Over the years, divers have reported creepy sightings beneath the murky waters. Some tell stories of freakishly big catfish as big as a Volkswagen. You can find a ton of video on YouTube filled with divers showing videos of sunken houseboats and piles of debris. Approximately over 200 people have drowned or went missing at Lake Lanier since 1994. In 2017, Longtime diver Buck Buchanan told local media that he sometimes felt body parts in the lake during his many excursions. He says, quote, You reach out into the dark and you feel an arm or a leg and it doesn't move. End quote. But that has not affected the lake's popularity. With about 12 million visitors each year, Lake Lanier was one of the most visited core built lakes in the nation. Lake Lanier's size and popularity contribute to the tall tales, and its high visitation rate also means more fatalities. One of Lake Lanier's most popular urban legends involves a car wreck. According to the story, a Ford sedan carrying two women careened off a bridge in April 1958 and tumbled into the lake. Some say the ghost of one of the women, dubbed the Lady of the Lake, wanders the bridge at night in a blue dress, lost and restless. Alright ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of the Southern Spectre Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something just as much as I did when researching all this. So, I hope you stick around for the next episode, which will probably be the last episode of this year. Um, It'll be our Christmas episode, so I hope you join me for that. I hope you enjoy it, and if you'd like to find me on social media, you can find me on Instagram at The Southern Specter. You can also find me on Facebook at The Southern Specter Podcast. Merry Christmas, everyone.